We are live. All right, let's get started, guys. Hey, Pawan, you, you got to come back in and please sit down. Thank you. Hey, Paul. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get going. Father, we thank you. Abba, I am coming, we are coming with much expectation. Thank you for the way you started us off today. Thank you for what you've been birthing in us all throughout. And it's what's going to happen now is just a continuation of what you've already started. Spirit of God, I give my mind, my mouth, my thinking to you. We give our minds to you. Spirit of God, stir within us. Stir in us so that our hearts will be stirred up to the very things that you have for us. Spirit of God, we thank you as a people because you're present here. We thank you as a people because you have plans for us today. And we want to engage with you and receive from you so that we can do the things you're asking us to. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Is Don here? Can you come for a second? It's going worldwide, huh? All right. Um, so we've been we've been hearing about the kingdom of God. Emily wanted to say. Before I go, Emily wants to say something. Please come in. That's perfect timing. When we were during, uh, during worship, God was speaking to us about surrender, and I think we, we were making inroads into surrendering things to him. And one of the things that I felt like he wanted us to know and he wanted to say explicitly is that the, when Jesus invites us to surrender something, it's not because it's a bad thing. And we know this intuitively about something. So money, we know. I think we've been taught well enough. Money is a tool. Like, we can use it for the kingdom. So we might be able to say, Jesus, I surrender my money to you. I surrender my finances to you. But Jesus was also inviting us to surrender things that we think are good and are close to us. Things like our personality. Things like the way that we show up and the way we interact with other people. Surrendering these parts of ourselves that we might want to hold on to because we think they're good and we think that by surrendering them, we have to give them away. Jesus was inviting us to surrender different aspects of our personalities as well. The good and the bad and the things that we think are really, really great because he wants us to have an attitude of surrender to him where we say we actually trust you because he was inviting us into a place of deeper trust, uh, of greater intimacy and of greater expectation in him uh, so that it's not just surrendering things that we might think are bad or we might want to change, but even surrendering the things we really don't want to change in how we act because then he can use them for his kingdom. Then he can do what he wants to do with it. Um, so this is for someone um, that is stuck in their way and in their situation. God is saying that he's going to renew your mind and make a way in your situation. So let's go. Um, kingdom of God, that's what we've been hearing about over the last few weeks. I want to go down the same path. Uh, we met for an encounter meeting on Monday, and some of you guys were there. So, some things happened while, while we were at the meeting, and Jacob asked me to kind of take it from there, and that's what I, I hope will happen today in our midst. I know for a fact that what God has given 
me to share with you is in a way going to position us for the things we've been hearing about. I've titled it In Breaking because we've been talking about the inbreaking of the kingdom of God in our lives, in the lives around us. And the title is In Breaking, Bridging the Gap. We've been talking about this idea that, yes, on one hand, Jesus' gospel is for personal salvation. But on the other hand, there is so much more to this kingdom that Jesus talked about. Before his resurrection, he talked a lot about this one subject, kingdom of God. After his resurrection, for about 40 days, he went on to preach and teach about this very subject, kingdom of God. And it's amazing how we sometimes don't talk about it much. And it's not, guys, it's not that Acts 29 is now talking about the kingdom of God because we haven't talked about it much before. I believe we are talking about this now because this is the Holy Spirit's direction for us today, at this time in our lives. I was thinking about how, how when I started Acts 29 in 2011, um, how things were and, and the seasons we've gone through. And it's amazing, and there are some people here, you, you, can, you can see how God has been taking us through different channels, to, through different pathways to position us and to bring us here. And I believe at this time, there is something that the Holy Spirit is so gung-ho about, about us. And this is, to, this is for us to understand, touch, grasp what He is saying with regards to the kingdom in and through our lives. So I actually want us to be excited because today I've got something that's very simple, but something that it's, it's basically going to, get, going to be a key or keys that allow us to, to walk into what God has given. He has been talking about this. On one hand, yes, there is this inbreaking of the kingdom into our lives, into the li lives around us, but for us to receive it, man, we have to walk confidently knowing that there is power in this kingdom, knowing that this power will touch those around us and us. And Jacob talked about it much in length two weeks ago, I think, where he said there is a gap. Because we know these things in our heads, but for some reason we aren't always overflowing in this reality. Hi, Fuyo. We aren't always overflowing in this reality. And then we talked about hosting the very presence of God. That it's almost this picture of, of a dove that's on my shoulder. And when I walk around, when I'm here talking with you guys, when I go out, when I'm grocery shopping, when I'm at work, when I'm doing calls, it doesn't matter. It's almost this picture of I've got this great privilege and this responsibility to partner with God and host His presence. And it doesn't end there because all of what we are talking about, just like we sang today, it's not just about us. It is about this inbreaking of the kingdom of God into the lives around us. But it starts with us. What the disciples did, because after 40 days of Jesus preaching about this, after he's resurrected, and these guys are seeing him every day. <laughs> and he goes on talking about this. And at the end... One of the guys says, so, when are you restoring the kingdom of Israel? They didn't reject the idea of the kingdom, but they reduced it. And that's what we do. We are not rejecting the idea of the kingdom, but we are reducing it. And we can't do that. So I, I'm actually excited. When I, wrote, when, when I was writing some of these things down, I was like, my goodness, it's almost like I, I can see the Holy Spirit Leading us a path because he is setting us up for something. I really believe it with all my heart. He is setting us up for something. And last week when Paul was here, I've, I've got to say something about Paul. Nice maybe because this is his last, last uh, Sunday. But last, uh, last week when he was here, he said something along the lines of something is, something, something is coming your way. We are using words like something. We are using things like, I don't know, but I can sense it. It's actually good, guys. Because in the, in the Bible, it often says, suddenly something happened. They did not know what they were waiting for. 
the disciples knew in that upper room that they were to wait for the Holy Spirit. But they had no idea because in the Old Testament, you don't read about an encounter like that. But they were sitting there expectant, knowing that Jesus said, my father's promise is going to come to you. And this kingdom mission that I'm placing right in front of you, it cannot be accomplished without the Holy Spirit. It cannot be accomplished without the Holy Spirit. This year, when, when this year started, my heart has been in this place of Holy Spirit. I want to know you as a person. I've overlooked you. <laughs> I want you when I'm singing songs and when, when, when I need direction, when I, speak, when I want to speak to someone. But I want to know you as a person. I want to be so intimate with you. It has to be so much more than what you ha- a word for a person. It has to be so much more than what, what God is speaking to you about the church. It has to be so much more than directions for your personal life. Holy Spirit, you are one of the Trinity. You are one of the persons. You are, you are Holy Spirit and I want you to... I want to touch you. I want to know you. I want to engage with you. I want to know your personality. I want to know you like a person. And I desire that. And it's amazing how we can go through the Christian life year after year, but not make that a key emphasis. I want that. I want to be able to, at the end of this year, sit down and say, Holy Spirit, It's been such a terrific year walking with you. I know you so much more now in December than when I started this journey with you in January. Is it possible? Oh, 100%. Will I be richer? Yes. Will I benefit? Yes. Will others benefit? Yes. Because it goes more than just a few words. It goes way more than the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. It goes way beyond that into the very person of God. And that's what I want. And I pray we all say we want this because he'll change things for us. So the apostles did not resist it. They reduced it. The, The idea, the subject of the kingdom of God. But then in Romans chapter 14 verse 17 it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of drinking and eating, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You can see with when Paul is writing this, he ends that the kingdom of God is a matter of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's amazing, right? Because I, I, I remember these verses, but I always leave some parts of these verses in my mind somewhere. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It is about righteousness, peace, and joy. Uh, that I know in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is a matter of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit wants us to zealously go after what he is teaching and showing us. And may I suggest that at this point, for us at Acts 29, and for those listening who are connected to Acts 29, the idea is that just like in Genesis chapter 1, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the waters, hovering over the waters, I believe that he is at this point in our lives as a church, brooding over us, hovering over us, to take us to a path that is already crafted. We're on it. Trust me, we're on it. Trust me, we're on it. But there is this, there is this expectation of something coming. And we can't miss it. And everything that we've been saying, hey, this is not really about us. This is about him. We just need to walk with him. And the keys that I talked about, bridging the gap, they're very simple. <laughs> but we have, to, we have to use the keys. So, what's happening with us? There is, a, there is a verse I want us to read out first, okay? Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 15, if you can go there. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 15.
I'll read it. And all Judah rejoiced over the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and had sought him with their whole desire. And he was found by them. How beautiful is that? It's one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible. And God was found by them. That's where we are. Frankly, he's not, while he loves each of us individually, and he wants to reveal himself fully to all of us individually, we can't at this point in our lives miss the fact that he wants to be found by all of us. The cry of heaven over Acts 29 is this, I want to be found by them. It is not, I want to be found by a few. The cry of heaven over Acts 29 is, I want to be found by them. And I spoke about this before in, in that God is always setting us up. He set, he set, up, he set up Moses in, in Exodus chapter 33. What happened? Moses is saying, hey, you've been talking to me about all of these things. But if you don't have other leaders to send with me, it's not going to happen. I need assurances about what you've been telling me. And then I'll go. God says, I will come with you. He says, my presence will go with you. As soon as he, so Moses says three, four things, but God just responds with a one-liner, just waiting in anticipation for Moses to then enter into a conversation to a point where Moses will ask him, show me your glory. God was setting Moses up for that. Same thing happens in, in the Mount of Transfiguration. Three of them. Jesus says, come up the mountain to pray. My goodness, that was setting them up. Jesus wasn't calling them up to just pray. He wanted them to see the glory of God. And the voice from the heavens that will say, this is my son. Jesus wanted them to experience it. Jesus was setting them up for an encounter with the person of God. Jesus wanted them to see him differently. And that is why then John writes in John chapter 1, And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten son of God. God is setting us up. We've... we've We've got to know where we are. We've got to understand the times we are in. Very important. Because it's, it's not about a teaching. It's not about a new topic. It's not about what we're hearing, wanting to hear. It's about where are we in our lives. So when I think about the kingdom of God, I've got to be honest with myself and ask the question, Derek, how often do you then think about the kingdom of God? How often do you then walk in the awareness of the kingdom of God? And the honest answer is, I do think about the kingdom of God every now and then. But the hours that I do not think about the kingdom of God and walk in the awareness beats the hours that I do by much. So why is it that I want this, I desire this, but I don't think about it? I'm not aware of it as much as I want to. Why is that? And what I propose today is that it's going to change in our lives because the keys to walking like this is already given to us. And so I don't, I, while I'm at this place of saying, Father, I want to be more aware. I want to live in this reality more than I, I do currently. While I say that, I know that I'm saying this because he is setting me up for more. And if that is where you are at and you're saying, I kind I of touch it, but I don't feel it fully. I understand it, but I don't experience it fully. Yeah, I walk in it for hours, but not enough. Then I'm telling you, that very sense that you have inside of you is God setting you up.
for what he wants to give you. The Holy Spirit, when he is stirring our hearts with this passion, I believe he will bridge the gap if we are to obey. I want to go back to what these guys were saying before. If we are to obey. There is something about simple obedience that we'll need to touch on today. Because the, the direction is there. The invitation was given months ago. And for us to fully inhabit this place, there is simple obedience that we have to walk in. And he will train us to see the kingdom in and through me. The thing is, the Alexa device, right? Iris has this Alexa thing that tells you about the weather and all of the nice stuff. The cool thing with it is, it, will always, it, it is always on. And Alexa has my undivided attention. Hey, Alexa. It's ready, right there. Alexa has the... Un it's the undivided attention. It doesn't matter. Alexa will never say, hey, I've had a long day. I can't. <laughs> Alexa will never say, you know what? I'm actually talking with this other guy. So <laughs> not really. Not right now. Maybe five minutes later. No. Undivided attention. And we can be like that to our father, to our king. The, 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 the advantage that we have is that because he has graciously taught us about his fatherhood, it is easier for us to enter into this. Because with the kingdom, there is the king. We relate to the king. But relating to this king is so much more easier because he has taught us about his fatherhood. And so we are at a place of advantage in this. We know him as father first. And because we know him as father first, now we can relate to him as the king of this kingdom. So I want to be always on to what he is saying. Always on to what he wants to do. It is possible. It's practice. I may not be where I need to be tomorrow, but it takes practice. And I want to give my life to that. We need to give our lives to this. Because if Jesus talked about this all his life, we must be giving this much attention. We must be giving this our time. Jesus said, so guys, today, you're not going to get the, the bullet points and typical, the typical way of doing it because today is different. I want you to hear with your, with your mind and your spirit. I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to do something in you. Because today is about us responding to him. Using the keys, receiving what he has. Because it will change us. We'll look very different. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 3. Only 20 more minutes. I know. That, that's when Bishop's team always loses though. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the only kingdom where it's a blessing to be poor. There is no other kingdom like this. If you're poor, you're in a very good place. If you're poor in spirit, the kingdom is yours. Jesus said it. It is the kind of spiritual poverty that makes me uh, to ask and receive. That makes me not just receive what he is giving, but then I use it up, I trade it, I, tra I do transactions with it, and I deplete what is given to me. Poor in spirit? What? Well, poor in spirit because I am so hungry and thirsty for more of the spirit. And as I am given what he is giving me, I don't store it with me. I... Use it, I trade it, I deplete it in obedience to what he is saying. And so there is no time when you should find me rich in the spirit. Because as I'm receiving, I'm giving. As I'm receiving, I'm using. As I'm receiving, I'm trading. As I'm receiving, I'm depleting it for the sake of others. And because I live like that and you live like that, we must then also always be poor in the spirit. 
It is like the poor widow who gave the two copper coins when she had nothing and said, what I have, I'm going to give. It's a place of poverty. It's a place of not having enough. Knowing you are connected to the source who will give you so much so that your jar will always overflow. But at the same time, it's a balance. But at the same time, being so poor that you go and knock on his door. We are either jars that are full, who do not care to knock on heaven's door, or we are jars that are empty, who will continually knock on heaven's door. And may I suggest that the brooding over of the Spirit over us is having us, is causing us to go and knock on his door, saying, we are so poor, we need you. We are so poor, we need you. We are so hungry and thirsty, we need you. We are hungry. Jesus, we are hungry. Jesus, we are hungry and thirsty. We need you. And may I say, this should not stop within the four walls of this place. It must go with us to our homes. It must go with us to our kitchens. It must go with us to our living rooms and our bedrooms. It must go with us to the mundane things we do. Jesus, I am hungry and I am thirsty. It must not be contained in this room. We must take this and we must go saying, I'm desperate. Because trust me guys, if I don't have money and I need money, I'll come knocking. I will do so. <laughs> Don is laughing because uh, I don't know why you're laughing. I don't want to be a, I have enough jar that doesn't knock on Jesus' door. So what are we hungry for? This is what Jesus said. Let's go to, Sue already spoke, spoke from it. John chapter 6, 54. John chapter 6, verse 54. For my body is real food, and my blood is real drink. The man who eats my body and drinks my blood shares my life and I share his. It's this idea. On one hand, it's a verse that we use for communion. But Jesus is saying, listen to what he is saying. He's saying, my body, Derek, is real food for you. My blood is real drink for you. Are you spiritually poor? Are you poor in spirit? You don't have anything to eat and drink? Here we go. My body is real food and my blood is real drink. The man who eats my body and drinks my blood shares my life and I share his. The reason I do not walk like this always every day is simply because I can do without I think I can do without it. It is the lie that my mind has now believed that, Derek, it's okay for you not to function like this always. You can go with life without this. But Jesus is very sure. Jesus is saying, Derek, if you want to live, you need to eat my body. If you need to live, you need to drink my blood. But Derek and us on the other side, we can kind of do without it if needed. Guys, am I saying something that's our reality? But this is what he said. Eat of me. Drink of me. But the thing is, I cannot eat of him, and we'll talk about that more, what does it mean. But I cannot eat of him and drink of him if I don't have time for him. I cannot drink of him and eat of him if I do not have time for him.
And that is one of the keys. We've been hearing about all of these things. How do we as a body, how is the Holy Spirit wanting to bridge the gap? One of the keys he's giving us is to use our time. Is to go to him. Because this is very important. Because we cannot live without it. There is a desperation that makes us to march to him and say, Now today, Jesus, I need you. I'm going to sit down with you. I want to drink off your cup. And I want to eat off your body. And to do that, I now realize why I'm not able to walk like this fully well. Because I need to give you my time to be able to do it. Because sometimes I'm eating from other tables. They're not bad tables. They're not, they're not tables that are evil. They're sometimes very good tables. But that's not the table at which Jesus is sitting right now. So we can be doing so many good things. But not be at the table where Jesus is sitting. And my hope tonight or today is um, what's happening inside us by the power of the Holy Spirit is that we will say, I'm going to make changes in my life. Because when this happened on Monday of last week, Jacob was there and we were supposed to have an encounter meeting. Some of you guys were that hub, house church or hub. You guys were there. And it was this idea of time. Can we give our time? We have made Christianity so complex. We have made it about very big words. But can we go back to the basics and say, I'll give you my time. May I suggest even before you give your money, give, his, give your time. Even before you give your talents, give your time. And when I say this, I don't give him enough time. Which is why I want to. Which is why I'm sharing this. You have to go to him to eat of, his, eat of his body and drink of his blood. In other words, I have to be with him to receive from him. I have to be with him. Jesus surrendered his time at the Father's feet as he walked in desperate reliance on the Father. So true reliance and desperation, desperation will cause me to run to him will cause me to sit with him, will cause me to spend time with him, will cause me to surrender my time with him. It will make me do that. True desperation in my life for Jesus will cause me to surrender my time to him. Time is a key. Can you give your time to him? You guys know this, right? Because sometimes when we call a friend, you call Pawan. Hey, Pawan, uh, do you have a few minutes? I want to chat with you about something. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of driving right now to work. Can, can we talk a little later? Hey, Don, I, I really need something. Can you come and, come and do this? I did tell Kesia that I would be available for her tonight, so sorry. That's what we do to Jesus. He's coming with much expectation every morning. Hey, do you have time? Sorry, Jesus, I've got to, got to make a few calls this morning. And then after that, I'm going to see, check my schedule and see if I have time for you. Not, I'm not laughing because this is real. I know that some of us may be spending more time than others in the mornings. But trust me, we're not spending enough time with him as a people. Individually first. We are not. How do we know that? 
going to say it. Just look at each other's faces. It'll be a whole lot different if we did. Sorry, I don't know if that offended anyone, but I don't care at this point. I think, I think we will look different. I think that our personalities will change so much so. I think there will be, be such strength to us in him. I think there will be so much compassion. We, uh, uh, we will change because we are seeing him. And if this is true, because I don't want to rush this, if this is true for you, because guys, one thing I believe is this. Decisions that alter your life are often made in simple, mundane days. Or days filled with mundane things. Decisions that often change the course of your life. Because, see, all of the guys you, you read about in Hebrews chapter 11, they all made big decisions, big, big steps of obedience. They took them. They did not do it because of one day. It was a series of decisions that led them to that place. And our series of decisions that will lead up to a place in him will happen when I surrender my time to him. Daily. It's a choice. And I can do it. It's amazing how... I try and I do it for a few days and then I'm back to square one and then I'm trying again. It's good actually because we can, we can keep trying, but we can do more. We can certainly do more because he deserves it. There should not be anything more important than this every day. Then I want to eat of you. I want to drink of you. Today we are going to go 110, 115. You're used to that. Sorry, Kamal, you didn't like it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 so can we... Can we respond to the Holy Spirit and say, I'm going to give you time. I'm going to give you time, Jesus, every day. And for whatever reason, if it doesn't happen one day, I'm going to go right back to it the very next day. But this is what he is doing with us. He is taking us somewhere. And the place we are being taken to demands this of us. Otherwise, we won't be able to contain it. Old wineskin, new wine. We can't contain. We won't be able to contain what he'll give us. Because we'll make a mess of it if we are not rooted in this. We've got to. We've got to steward it well. Hey, Jane. Can you sing that song? So there is this song that... Um, I want us to sing. I don't know if you guys know this already or not. Maybe you guys can bring it up uh, on the screen. It's called Hurry. If you have it already. Let's first read it before we sing it. And do it from a place of heart, from a sincere place of heart, right? Do it from a place of, I need this, I want to change. And as I sing this, I'm going to give you permission. I'm going to give you time. That's where this song is coming from. So, I give you permission to interrupt my plans. Every day, we're going to be giving you, Jesus, permission to interrupt our plans. Because I know yours are better than all the ones I have. I'm going to slow down. Tuning out of everything but you. Because there is no rush. <laughs> this is not how the song goes, trust me. The song is much better. <laughs> You're welcome to take up all the room. Yeah. Oh, it sounds really good when I say it. <laughs> you get sure, yeah, I know. <laughs> next, next, next line or slide, please. Guys, listen to this. I don't want to be in a hurry. 
I don't want time to get in the way. I just want to give you the space to move in my life. I don't want to be in a hurry every day. I don't want to miss what you want to say. I just want to give you the space to move in my life. So if if you want this cuz transactions with our father require us to lay things down so that we can pick stuff up from him. Right? So we're going to lay things down and my hope is that myself and us together we will be able to lay down our days and its structure and schedule and priorities to say every day i'm going to give you time and i don't want to be in a hurry i don't i want you to interrupt my plans so let's sing this first to interrupt my plans I know yours are better than all the ones I have I'm slowing down tuning out everything but you there's no rush you're welcome to take up all the room I give you permission to interrupt my plans I know yours are better than all the ones I have I'm slowing down tuning out everything but you there's no rush you're welcome to take up all the room I don't want to be in a hurry I don't want time to get in the way I just want to give you the space to move in this place I don't want to be in a hurry I don't want to miss what you want to say I just want to give you the space to move in this place I don't want to be in a hurry I don't want time to get in the way I just want to give you this space to move in this place. I don't want to be in a hurry. I don't want to miss what you want to say. I just want to give you this space to move in this place. I put aside distraction and lay down all my cares I give you my attention God make me so aware that when you're near like you are now everything can change there's no rush you're welcome here to have your way I put aside I put aside distraction and down all my cares I give you my attention God make me so aware that when you're near like you are now everything can change that when you're near like you are now everything can change that when you're near like you are now everything can change there's no rush there's no rush you're welcome here here to have your way i don't want to be in a hurry i don't want time to get in the way i just want to give you this space to move in this place What you wanna say? I just wanna give you the space to move in this place. 
Father, we are in, we don't have any interest to jump from this to the next um, without just signing the agreement with you. It's just us saying, we have not given you enough time. And we will, as a people, we will give you more time. We will give you time. Abba, I'm confident that simple decisions like this will change the course of our life. It'll change us. And so I thank you. I've decided, I've committed. We decide and we commit to give you time. doesn't matter where we are, what we are doing, we will give you time. We will not be like Pavan and Dawn. We will give you time. We will give you time. Thank you, Abba. Thank you. We are excited to see what you will birth in us with this. We give you time. Continue on, guys. It's not done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to um, um, just share something what you were saying about time. So, um, and I want to pray for you specifically because there was something that the Lord had to do something in me in the season of six months, and I broke up and uh, I broke open up a door, and I want to invite you into that. So sometimes, you know, you need people to break open doors so that the rest can walk in. And um, when, we, when we arrived and we stayed in Burnaby, um, <clears throat> if any of you have been there, it's like really in the forests. And I was like, wow, this is really weird, living in the forests. And it was weird in the beginning. And then the Lord showed me the reason. And there's a creek that is about 100 meters from us with a little chair. And in the summer months, it was very easy. And I'd walk to this. I kept hearing this voice. 
come and sit with me. I just heard this. There was like a call from the forest, come and sit with me. And I couldn't ignore it. And you see, I'm crying again. What are you guys doing to me? <clears throat> it's, just, uh, it's what the Lord has done in me. And I would go and sit there and I'd pray in an old wineskin. I'd, I'd sit on this chair and I'd pray and I'd get frustrated praying. And, and a lot of it was lamenting about what God hasn't done. And the voice just said, come sit with me. And I had to learn how to sit with Abba. And I feel like what, what you're saying, Derek, is can we learn to sit with our Father? And I tell you what, it took me months to sit on a chair. I had my notebook, water, and my Bible. Sometimes I'd read, sometimes I'd write, sometimes I'd sit, sometimes I'd say nothing. And I just had to learn how to sit with Father. And I actually left him a space on the bench. So I wouldn't sit in the middle, I'd sit on the one side. And I'd allow him to sit. And sometimes I didn't pray and I just listened. Can I learn to sit with him? Can I give him that time, those moments? And I went this morning there and something had shifted in me. And this is what I want to release over you guys. I'm going to go and sit there. I said, I just want to go and walk in the forest before we come here. And I went to go and sit on the chair. And he wasn't calling me. I called him. And for the first time after six months, I said, Abba, come and sit with me. It's a shift. When he calls you, it's good. But can we get to the place where I'm saying to God, come and sit with me. It's a big shift. And I want to pray that you guys will step into that. But you've got you to wrestle through this. You've got to wrestle through those moments where God's saying, come sit with me. Can I learn to obey that very small voice where I'm not going to be on my iPad or my phone or with people? Can I go and sit with him? And I don't know what your sound is going to be. Maybe you're going to be crying before him, moaning before him, praying before him. I don't care. Just push through those moments where you can at least get to the place where you're just sitting and you've got nothing more to say. And you're just saying, I'm sitting with you, Abba. And I'm giving you all my fears, all my concerns, all my worries, all those, all those things that bother me so much, all my sickness that I've gone through. And, and you, I've never been sick in my life, and I've, had a, I've been sick for six months with a stomach problem that hasn't left me. And through that, I'm going, God, I'm still here through all of this. Let's, let's keep going, Abba. But today, something shifted. I really want you to come sit with me. Is that a desire that we can start to work towards? Maybe you need to work towards that. I want you to come sit. So, Father, I pray for these people. I pray for this church. Would you teach us? Would you teach us, Spirit of God, how to come sit with you? Maybe it'll look ugly or pretty. I really don't care. But can we quieten down our hearts and our minds that we learn how to sit with our Father? And I pray, Lord, that as I've broken through that barrier in my life, that I break open the door in this church for these sons and daughters of God that will be able to sit with you, that this desire will kick in, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter the, 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 the pressure of life, no matter the busyness, I will choose to sit with Father. And I pray that we'll start seeing um, transitions from an old wineskin to a new in our prayer life. That our prayer life will change. Whatever we've learned in the past, we'll start to let go because we're actually sitting with Abba. And that will start to transform. I pray for journeys of two, three, four, five, six months where it'll start ending up. We're going, Father, come and sit with me. Come sit with me, Father. I pray that for this church. So I break open. I break open today a shift in the spirit that there'll be a new prayer language for people here. There'll be a, a prayer will. It'll become beautiful once again, God. It'll not be a heavy torment. I will not just um, try and get through this time, but I will actually enjoy this time. Teach us how to enjoy. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to enjoy prayer. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to enjoy sitting with you. Remove the boredom of prayer. I pray that, God. So today, I lift the lid. 
I lift the lid on our prayer life. I lift the lid on this, on this thing where we have to sit with, where it's a, it's, a, it's a discipline. It's not a discipline, it's a love. I remove the, that lid of discipline off of us. And a newfound love to sit with Father. And I pray, Lord, that even if it feels like wasted time in the beginning, it's okay because it will shift. It will shift over us and it will be the best time in our day. So I pray today for hearts to receive the call. For hearts to receive the call to come and sit with Him. Thank you, Paul. Give time, sit with him, number one. Number two, read uh, Psalm 27, 4, please. Psalm 27, 4. Psalm 27, 4. It talks about David. It's... Paul said what he said at the right time. He talked about a place where he had things he had to wrestle with. And then he entered to this place in God where everything changed. That's exactly where David writes this psalm from. David is in a time of personal turmoil. There are enemies camping against him. There is so much noise happening around him. And at the middle of all of that, David in Psalm 27, 4 comes to this place and says, I seek one thing. I want to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. And I want to inquire in His temple. And may I suggest that the difference between I want to come sit with you and Abba, come sit with me, is delight. The gap between this first place of I want to sit with you. Two, I'm here. Abba, come sit with me. Is delight. That's what David did. David is saying at that time in his life, I want to gaze on the beauty of God. And we don't, we don't use those words much. We say those words in songs. Beauty, beautiful. God, you're beautiful. But we don't, it's not a daily expression of our lives to Him. So there is a delight in His desire, in David's desire to obey, to be at a place where he can see the beauty of God. And one of the things I ask for us is delight. A couple of weeks ago, I was sitting back there while worship was happening, and I received a word. It just said Edna. Edna. I didn't know what Edna meant. So I went and looked it up. And Edna means delight in Hebrew. So when we give time, when we sit with him, the time that we give him, there is legs to this time with delight. Delight gives its legs. It, delight in God, delight gives time legs to go, to navigate, to to. to roam around to, 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 to see where God is, to see where the, the Father is. To, it gives time legs, L-E-G-S, legs, to go into the places God has for you. Time is one thing. Delight is the second key. When delight comes together with time, we go into places with Him. So not only do I give time, Father, show me how to be delighting in you. How was David able to do it? While people are coming at him, while he's at a place where he feels like he's cheated, he's betrayed, there are many coming against him. He's at a place where he says, I want to gaze on the beauty of, of the Lord. And I want us to be a people like that. We have made a commitment to spend time, but spend time gazing at the beauty of the Lord. There is a very sad verse 
in Psalm 106.20. I don't want you to read it, but here is what it says. They, meaning Israelites, exchanged their glory with a capital G. Israelites exchanged their glory with a capital G for an image of the bull. They exchanged their glory. We have for us at Acts today glory from the Father for us. But we sometimes exchange this glory with a G, His glory for us that He wants to give. We exchange it for other things. I wish today I had more time, but I don't. There's another verse, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 11. Another sad verse. Has a nation changed its gods, even though there are no gods? But my people, God said, have changed their glory for that which does not profit. I wish I could talk more about the beauty of the Lord. How to gaze upon his beauty. But may I just say one thing today. For us, why don't we just start thinking of this as, man, there are so many facets to this father I know. Just like a diamond has so many, many facets to it. I'm going to just sit down and I'm going to gaze on him. And he will direct my thoughts and my words to which facet or facets of him he wants my mind and words and being to go to. There is so much in him. So I give him time. But I also, by giving him time, I want to delight in him. I want to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. People do this with creation. Can you bring up those two slides? Guys, it's 1.16. We'll be done at 1.20 or so. Today, for, for, for once, I always stop at 1. You know that. These guys just took so much time. It's not my problem. <laughs> so, so this is the Grand Canyon. You guys, you guys know it. There are people who have spent 30 years of their lives to go sit somewhere and try to understand the beauty of the Grand Canyon and try to put that in a painting. 30 years. And go to the next picture. Here is what some of that looks like. They're looking at this piece of creation and they're trying to see the beauty and then they're trying to paint it. With our father who is the creator of the Grand Canyon and that which we don't, don't even see in the universe. My goodness, we can be at his feet. We can be with him wherever we are to gaze on his beauty. And trust me, it's not difficult. There is so much, so much in him. The reason we don't do that is because we don't have time. But now that we are giving him time, he will cause his beauty to transform us. The bride of Christ will look different with this beauty. I want to gaze like this guy is doing. I want to be able to sit down with him. Not just giving my time, but now I'm going to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. So much to him. I started on this process in these ways. I, I did. I want to do it more. It's amazing how when you sit down there are certain pathways God will take you through. You have no idea. All of a sudden he talks about he being the Lord of earth. And how every country belongs to him. Every nation belongs to him. All of a sudden you start seeing Canada in a different way. Because now you are looking at Canada from above. And on Canada is the rule of Christ. It will change you. I want to finish with, with this one thing. There was a teenager who was trying to, uh, who was always tasked with uh, reading out bedtime stories, stories for uh, his younger sister. So this teenager will, around bedtime, go to her room and start reading out her favorite stories. And she would enjoy it. One day, the, guy got a, the, the kid got an idea. What if I just record all of this? All of her favorite stories. I'll just record it. 
So he records it. And then he, he runs to her and he says, hey, you know what? I've recorded all of your favorite stories. All of them. And she's, she responded and said, but I don't have your lap. But I don't have your lap. He wants our hearts, <laughs> not just our times. Can we give him our time, our heart, our delight in him? A love that exceeds everything else to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. Can we do that? It'll change us. I guarantee you it will change us. And I guarantee you this is where we are being taken. Because when we talk about the glory, when we talk about all of the stuff we are talking about, it is paramount that we do this. It will bridge our gap. And I pray it does. I think that's it, but I just wanted to say, if you would like prayer, there will be people up. It will be Joan and May and Jeremy and Derek. If you have to run away, come see me. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll be here. Oh. Paul wants to take a picture of you, your beautiful face. We're beautiful. We'll take a picture. <laughs> so um, thanks, everyone. We're we leaving uh, tomorrow. And so we just want to take a quick photo with everybody. Is that all right? And then you guys can pray. Cool. All right. So please smile. <laughs> please smile. There's kids in downstairs. Do you want them to come?